Welcome to For Self-Examination. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Taylor, and today is Monday. And that means today is all about you. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what you are going through, I want you to know that it is okay and that you are right where you are supposed to be. Take a deep breath, relax, and let the world slip away. Give yourself permission to make today all about you and let yourself be open to new inspirations. Welcome back to the podcast. This is for self-examination and I am your host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And welcome back uh, to a fantastic series on grief. And we're very excited to have Larry Barber with us again for part two. Uh, You're probably hearing my son in the background right now rattling and maybe burping on his activity mat. And he's actually just rolling over right now, which is kind of exciting. Um, this is literally the only time I have to get this done before tomorrow. So, uh, we're just going to get it done. That's what we're going to do. Um, and I'm going to pause it real quick and help him get over. Okay. That was a bad idea. He fully disagreed with that and is very happy, uh, with what he's doing. So we're just going to let him do that. Um, uh, there's really not much to say about this podcast episode today. Larry really says it all. Um, so I am not going to bore you with anything else. If you didn't listen to yesterday or last week's podcast, you should definitely do that uh, before jumping into this episode. It is powerful. It is, uh, I think his story is amazing. Um, so, and highly inspirational. Um, so uh, we'll get right into it right after this. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't keep it a secret. Share it with your friends and family. Tell everyone. Put it on Twitter. Uh, We'd love it if you give us a five-star rating and and, and a review. Uh, We always love feedback. And then, of course, uh, like and subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get yours. As a reminder, Taylor Counseling Group is in the DFW area with offices from Dallas to Fort Worth. And in Waxahachie as well. Uh, We are also now in the Houston and San Antonio areas as well. So if you or somebody you know might be interested in getting some counseling, feel free to give us a call. 214-530-0021. You can send us an email, info at taylorcounselinggroup.com. And you can look us up on the web at taylorcounselinggroup.com. You can find us on Twitter as well at TCG underscore Dallas. So if you need us, we're here. But if not, no worries. I just hope you well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again with Larry Barber. Um, now, Larry, you have a website, uh, griefminister.com. Is that right? Yes, I do. Uh huh. Where Where did that uh, Where did that um, that name come from? Um, you know what? I just uh, I th- I thought, okay, how can how can I pretty much describe myself, and at the same time something that uh, would be easily understood by others. And uh, yeah, I just came up with the term, you know, it's before I was a, a licensed counselor, I said, well, wh- what do I call myself? And I thought, well, I'm, I'm in the ministry and uh, I'm working with uh, grief and loss, 
let's just make up a new term and we'll call it grief minister. So. <laughs> Perfect. I love yeah. it. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you're if you're if you did not listen to last week's episode, you definitely need to because that was our conversation with Larry about uh, professional uh, you know tips um, and his experience as a professional counselor and a grief expert. Uh, so definitely please go back and listen to that. Uh, but today, uh, and thank you again for joining us today, we are going to talk about Larry's book a little bit, Love Never Dies, and his personal experience uh, with grief. So Larry, I'm just going to kind of kick back and relax. Uh, I might uh, have a Snickers bar or something. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm getting a little hangry uh, um, today, so uh, I have not had lunch and I'm hungry. Um, and I might just like maybe order a sandwich and just relax as you just kind of tell us everything. So, okay. uh, tell us about your book. Tell us about your story. Tell us about, you know, inspire us. Just lay it on us. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I will tell you my story and whether it inspires you or not, I guess it's up to you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my, my whole grief journey started, uh, back in, on May 15th, 1993, uh, I was um, traveling with uh, with my family of five, and we were we were going uh, on I twenty, and at at around Cooper uh, that afternoon, and we're we're headed back to uh, to our home, and uh, we were involved in a uh, six car uh, accident that took place out there, and uh, as a result of that uh, accident, uh, our car was hit head on. Uh, first, and uh, uh, as a result of that, uh, my wife died from injuries she received in in the accident, and also uh, my two-year-old adopted daughter Katie was uh, was killed outright in the in the accident itself. Uh, so there was just me and my two surviving children from that day forward to go through a, a grief journey and uh, we've been doing that uh, that ever since my my son was at that time 12 and my daughter was uh, nine and uh, so i went from being a father of five you know we talked a little bit last week about loss of loss of identity and some of that uh, i lost some identity in in those uh, losses that took place that uh, afternoon in the car crash because I went from being a, a, a father of a family of five to a single widowed parent with uh, two surviving children. And uh, that, uh, that, was a, that was a huge change for us. I think one of the most difficult things for me to, uh, to deal with during that whole time was, of course, having to, having to tell my, my children that uh, their sister and mother had passed away. But uh, to also deal with, uh, as, as a parent, single parent, left to take care of them. And thank goodness I did have the responsibility to take care of them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been kind of diverted away from some of the grief issues I was having to deal with. I had to put them aside and, and take on the responsibility of being their sole provider and source of support and encourager and all that sort of stuff. But I was I was worried more for them because I didn't have any idea about what they were going through. We had we had all lost the the same people, but uh, we had different relationships with them. I had lost a wife and daughter, 
and they had lost their mother and I still had my mother and father at that time and uh, and a sister so it's it's been a real journey for for us we were we were lucky enough to find a, a children's support group in the area that uh, we went to and uh, we went there for a year and a half and then at that point um, I decided to make a big change in in my career I was working in healthcare marketing at the, at the time that the accident took place and uh, I just decided that I, I wanted to uh, to work with people in um, grief and loss issues and I, I wanted to do it from a faith-based um, sort of foundation and so I went and got a master's in um, in biblical studies from Abilene Christian University and then I got uh, a master's in counseling from Amberton. And uh, then I went into, uh, went into uh, the field of counseling, became a licensed professional counselor. Um, I'm now a, a, a uh, licensed professional counselor supervisor, so I can supervise those people who are becoming LPCs. And then I also did some additional studies uh, under uh, the under Dr. Alan Wolfelt at the Center for Loss and Life Transition in in uh, Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, we were able to to learn much more deeply about what was going on. After that, uh, I I decided, well, what better way to earn some of my hours and also to uh, uh, learn more about uh, death, dying, and bereavement? I went to work for a hospice as a uh, bereavement coordinator and uh, worked for the the different folks there uh the, all the families and such that uh, that uh, they were dealing with uh, death in their family and also dealing with the loss of loved ones and it was a real learn learning experience for sure um since then i've been doing all sorts of uh grief support groups uh grief support uh centered uh workshops and seminars in the area been doing that for well i guess it's uh, now close to uh, 18 years that i've been doing that sort of stuff and now i've uh, ended up at uh, at taylor and i'm able to uh, to help folks out there what else do you want me to inspire you with chris <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's pretty inspirational um <clears throat> What I'm curious is what what was probably the biggest change, kind of looking back on it, who you were before the crash and and after now, obviously minus the the loss of loved ones, but what what was probably what did you notice changed most about you after that experience? Um, well, I, I I think my kids can kind of. Uh, sum it up when they they told me I became a much more attentive and uh, uh, compassionate dad mm. uh, because I, I knew that uh, I not only had to uh, I not only had to be a father to them I had to be you know substitute for some of the things that their mother was doing and I was I was nowhere uh, equipped to do things the way she did but uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I did I did have her example and I did have her memory and uh, I, I think I've just become really more uh, sympathetic to folks uh, and and I see I see grief and loss uh, 
nearly in every case that I see. In fact, I tell folks when, when I'm, I'm doing counseling, I said, if you can learn grief and loss counseling, you can really do almost any kind of counseling. Because I think it's it's estimated that about 80% of all cases that uh, mental health professionals see deal with uh, deal with unresolved losses. So I would say I, I made a huge change uh, in my outlook on life. Uh, things that uh, were not a high priority are now a priority. It's kind of like I I understand that uh, the most important things in life are not things; they are people and relationships. And um, there, I also understand now that uh, because of what I've gone through and what I see other people going through, that there, there are a lot of hurting people out there who, who, who need help and don't need to be mm. hurting as much as they are. So uh, I'm sort of moved to and motivated to, uh, to help those folks. Wow. So it, it sounds like you're kind of saying that, that it helped you... Um, to realign, or maybe not helped, but I guess really highlighted um, the 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 realignment of your values of what's really important. Right, and I think anybody who uh, who goes through the grief process, uh, they 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 test their beliefs and uh, they test their values and say, you know, is <laughs> am I really Am I really doing what's important? Uh, am I really doing what uh, what is going to uh, going to last? Uh, because we know that, uh, especially after having a loss, that you know this this life is very fragile and it's very fleeting. We should make the most of it while we're here, and mm-hmm. we we need to be able to try to make not just ourselves uh, a better uh, version of ourselves, but we need to help other people to make themselves a better version. Of themselves, and we need to leave something behind that. Uh, you know, I hate to use the word legacy, but uh, because that sounds like I'm a, a little ego egomaniacal, but it's no, uh, no, not at you, all. You, 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 you want to be. You want to have. I think everybody really wants to have a legacy. That uh, they want to be able to have people talk about them when they are gone, <laughs> and it to be good things <laughs> that they're talking about. And, right. Uh, uh, no, I think what, that's what, what we contributed. Yeah, no, I think that's extremely uh, accurate and, and, and very valuable because you are right. I mean, we all do want um, to some degree, some sort of legacy or progeny or, or something that we know for sure is here after we're gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that gives us some, um, uh, some attachment maybe to the idea that there's something of me that, that continues on after me. Um, yeah. you know, I think that the egomaniacs, obviously they really want every building named after them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's right to have, to have, uh, to have, you know, some legacy uh, of our life. Um, some mark on the earth somewhere that says I was here. Um, right. I think it's important for that. Right definitely for identity as well. Um, and that kind of ties into my next question for you about faith. So we talked about religion and spiritual implications and grief. And in the last episode, what, uh, um, and I think this kind of also goes into this idea of, of 
you know, progeny and legacy of what comes next. Uh, you know, most religions, I think like 99% of them have some kind of afterlife ideology, right? right. Um, now, obviously, if you're atheist uh, or, or you're just a-religious, then um, you, you typically believe that, you know, this is it, right? That we get X number right. of days and, and then we're done and maybe our energy decays or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, that's it. Uh, and, and so how, how did you, um, what, what impacted you the most on a religious or faith scale, um, after the accident? Like, did you find yourself really angry or kind of walking away from faith? You do found, did you find out it was, it was extremely comfortable to have the faith or like, what was it like for you? Well, I think uh, in the very beginning, um, I think I uh, honestly believed uh, before the accident happened that, uh, you know, uh, that there was a God out there and he was taking care of it and he loves us and he wants the best for us. But then after something like that happens, you begin to, to question that a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I remember being in a uh, grief support group. It was, actually, it was the second of three that I went through after I uh, uh, started deciding I needed to reach out for help. But uh, the counselor in that group said, um, if, you're, if you're angry, go ahead and tell us. It's okay for you to be angry that uh, your loved ones have died. You, you're justified in that. And he said, and if you're angry with God, go ahead and tell him because he already knows. Hmm. And that was a huge light bulb moment for me because I don't know if I was so naive to think that uh, I had a secret compartment in my brain with all my thoughts there that uh, uh, God couldn't get into. Yeah, that's funny. And 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 really, it was kind of it was kind of a uh, a freeing thing to know that mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I could be totally honest, and God would be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Um that uh, he made me the way I am. He made me uh, with the emotions that I have for a reason. And I really think God gave us grief to help us to transition from life with the person to life without the person mm. and to be able to do it in a way where we could, we could heal and see hope for the future. But, but well, I tell you, I wrangled with God a couple of times and I had to admit to him twice that I was angry with him. One, uh, that uh, he allowed the accident and the deaths to happen. And mm -hmm. the second time, it was just kind of really eye-opening. I was angry at him for leaving me here and not taking mm -hmm. me also. Mm -hmm. I, I, was, I was thinking, why did you leave me here to go through, through all of this? And in my simple mind, I would never wish that my children and I would die, but I was thinking that, you know, in the, in the car accident, if people had to die, why not just take all of us? Mm -hmm. and not just some of us because yeah. the people behind have to uh, have to deal with all their feelings of, of loss that take place and all the emotion emotional turmoil that happens in grief so yeah, yeah I and I, and I, th I think I've kind of made my peace with God and I think he <laughs> he understands why I was angry at him and and I think really and in my belief too he uh, he, it's okay. It's kind of like when we take care of our children and they get upset with us. 
it's okay that they get upset with us because we've got the bigger picture and we know what's what's right for mm-hmm. our children or what's going to be good for our children or at mm-hmm. least we try to yeah yeah i haven't i haven't gotten to that stage of parenthood yet uh i know it's coming soon <laughs> um but uh i have got the perfect comeback though i know uh, the first time Ella tells me that she hates me and that she wishes I was dead or not her, not her dad or something, my response is going to be, you should have picked better parents. <laughs> I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's going to be, <laughs> you should have yeah. picked better parents. Hey, su- surprise, you, you just learned <laughs> one of the first truths. You can't pick your parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I'm already turning into a dad. Jesus. Like terrible dad jokes. Like, oh my God. Not a not a bad thing. <laughs> not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, so that is um, a fantastic story, and thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure a lot of people are going to um, really resonate with that, or know at least somebody who is who has struggled in that way. And I think such a great. Um, I don't want to call it a success story uh, because I don't, I don't think we measure it like that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a great uh, transformational journey. Uh, probably a better a better way to say because I, I don't think there's like there's no right way. There's no like prescribed correct way to go through grief. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and you know the story could have been that you just go back to your normal job, right? Or you decide to go be a, a, a um, I don't know like a football coach or something, right? Um, right. and, and I think that would still be, you know, great, you know, as long as you found your peace and you were happy and, you know, you found those values and all that stuff. Um, but I, I just love that right. it, it right. that your journey went even further to say, um, you know, I want to, I want to really embrace this, uh, yeah. and, and grow with it. So I thought that, well, that I appreciate you saying that Chris. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, so let's talk about the book. So obviously you go through this huge transformational experience. You have this big journey, um, and you're studying all this stuff. You, you go to uh, Bible school. You learn all about all about the Bible, uh, and then you go to uh, counseling school, and you learn all about uh, things that are not the Bible, <laughs> which oftentimes <laughs> kind of contradict each other. Uh, and, and you, and I went, I went to a seminary to get my degree. So I can kind of tell you the weirdness that was, uh, and, and then, um, uh, so you learn all about how to be a therapist. Um, and, and, and then somewhere along the way you get inspired to write this book. So tell us about this book. Well, really, I, I, I had to be goaded for a couple of years. I was, I was working as a, as a counselor. Uh, and, and my boss at that time, he would go out with me when I made uh, community presentations and he said, you need to write a book. And I would just always say, well, what would it be about? I mean, because there've been so many books written about grief, I'm sure, uh, what, what could I say that, that would be different? And finally, after repeating to me several times, but it would be your book and it would be your story. And you talk about how grief is unique. You could pass that along, uh, what you've learned and uh, what other people have taught you, and uh, and it it would it would go beyond just what you can do in sitting in a counseling session or sitting in a support group, <clears throat> or uh, excuse me, <clears throat> or uh, 
doing a, doing a conference or, or any sort of speech before a group. And I thought about it long and hard, and I said, okay, well, I sat down and, and I started putting some thoughts together. And, uh, and my boss was nice enough to give me Fridays off if I would promise to only write on the book. And, and I did that, and in, and in about four months, I had, uh, I had a book put together. And uh, I was wow. able to self-publish, and it's been it's been selling pretty good. It's not uh, it's not uh, you know on the bestseller list anywhere, but uh, I've had enough people come up to me afterwards, after reading the book and saying um, it uh, it it changed my life. It changed my grief. It uh, it just changed mm-hmm. my whole mm-hmm. world. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> just writing a book. Uh, that's kind of humbling, and it's still uh, it's still very hard for me to believe yeah, uh, that uh, that the book can have such impact. But and I had somebody the other day who said I gave it to one of my friends, and they read the book and said, "This guy is thinking the same things that I'm thinking." Oh wow! And and, yeah. and I think that's it. Uh, if if Oof. you can find another person uh, who is going what through what you're going through in grief. Uh, it resonates with you, and first of all, it normalizes mm-hmm. the grief process for you. You're not you're not crazy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That uh, that it's just part of the natural process of of moving, like I said, from life with that person to to not having them there physically anymore. Wow, and that's phrased in such a, a perfect way. I think you, uh, last week we had talked a little bit about the idea that um, nobody experiences grief in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, that that like if if I were to lose my wife, uh, God forbid, and then, and then come to you and talk to you about the loss of your wife, we would have very different experiences and we would have right. very different emotions attached to those. At some points there might be some overlap, but but in, right. in general, in the grand scheme, it's it, it's very different, um, and I think because of that, it's very easy for people to feel highly isolated and alone with grief, mm-hmm. um, because it's it, it it can be difficult, especially with something that we talked about last week as well. Is like society looks at you know friendship or or the death of a pet um, as not is not a really big deal, and, and if you're distraught by that, it can be really it can there can be some shame and some and some isolative behavior and thoughts that kind of come along with it so i think you're absolutely right this idea that if i can read a book about somebody else's story and then say oh wow he's thinking what i'm thinking like that just makes us feel so connected and and Mm -hmm. that connection it just gives us this liberty and this freedom to to be okay and to experience what we're experiencing and to to allow ourselves to begin the healing process and move forward. So thank you for right. sharing that. Sure. Sure. And yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like uh, in uh, grief support groups all the time. I see it where there have been people who are in grief for a little while longer than the others. And when they tell their stories, you can see it in the faces of the people and hear them talk about it later on, you know, well, this has really helped because I know if other people have done it, and so can I, that there is hope. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think really it is that, uh, um, 
uh, you know, this idea that pain tends to bind us together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, love love can bring us together, but but pain is what really binds us together. And when we share pain with each other, it, it can just be so powerful. So, right. uh, so encouragement for anybody here listening today. Um, I think we do have a few listeners, um, so I'm pretty yeah. sure somebody does listen to this, and I, I know my mom does. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my wife does cause I make her, but other than that, I do feel like we have some other listeners. So, um, if you are listening to this and, uh, you, uh, you know, are kind of going through this thing, uh, definitely highly encourage you or know somebody, uh, that is experiencing some grief or, or having a struggle with something, uh, in this regard, highly encourage you to pick up a copy of Larry's book. Um, and if you feel like you need some professional help, we're absolutely here to help. Um, Larry, how can they find the book? They can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and also ChristianBook.com. And you, you've got a reasonably priced to what, like $99 a copy? Well, a little less. <laughs> what I'll sell it to everybody for a discount. A discounted, discounted rate, yeah. Uh, what is it? It's like 10 uh, bucks uh, or 20 bucks? It's, uh, it, it runs usually between 10 and $15, depending, it just depending on the, how the Amazon menu. Is, do, is feeling. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're all we all live at the whim of Amazon. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's great. Um, so that's where you guys can find the book. Uh, so if you uh, are struggling with some some grief, uh, or you have a friend that is, uh, I think this is a great tool um, to give somebody in a time of need. It can just be a quiet, um, you know, gift uh, of reassurance of just saying, hey. You know, even if you're doing great, um, you're not alone. This is a great story. Uh, this is a great, um, inspiring book. Um, you know, give it a read if you feel like. If you don't, then give it back. Not a big deal. Uh, or keep it and give it to somebody who is, you know. Um, a great, I think, a great resource and tool. Because I always feel um, like when somebody says, oh, hey, so-and-so died, um, uh you know, I, I'm always like, okay, I didn't know that person. So I'm like, all right, um, is there something, do you need something? I am good. I can make really good eggs. You want me to make you some eggs? Yeah. You know, like, and you know, you don't, you kind of like, you feel like you're you, like, you don't know how to respond oftentimes. Uh, and I think t- people either over respond, um, and they kind of like shower the person or they sort of under respond and just sort of say this, this like, uh, Oh, sorry to hear that. Let me know if you need anything. Um, right kind of, you know, societal, like the elevator high. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. We're done talking now. Um, now that we're, now that we're in the elevator. <laughs> um, and so I think, uh, if you, uh, this is like one of those great tools that, that if you have somebody that, you know, that's struggling with grief, that it just makes it so easy to say, Hey, I don't have a lot for you, but this, this thing does. And, and if you need it, if you need it, it's here. So I think that's great. Uh, final thoughts, anything else? Well, I would, I would just say too, that, uh, uh, people oftentimes when they're going through grief and they don't want to reach out for help. And one of the reasons they'll give is, well, you know, there are, there are, there are so many people who have it worse than I do. Oh yeah. Um, and I explained to them, well, if, if it's a struggle for you, then it's a struggle. If yep. it's a pain for you, then it's a pain. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and we're not, we're not having a pain contest here. 
to see mm-hmm. who has it worst or who, mm-hmm. or who has it uh, better. It's if, if 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 it's a struggle for you, then and uh, you're it's it's affecting how you live and your relationships. Then it's time to reach out for help. Absolutely, absolutely. I like to say that that rich people and poor people die all the same. Um, just rich rich people have fancy funerals. That's it. Yeah, right. You know, that's it. Um, you know, they can just afford really, really nice caskets. Um, you know, <laughs> you can't take it with you, but you can buy a really nice box to put your body in. Um, that's right. But we experience pain all the same. So it, it doesn't matter if, if what level of income you have or or life status you have or, or, or what position of leadership you're in. Uh, or if you're a pastor, I imagine pastors probably have a hard time with this. Uh, yeah. or if, you know, you're the boss or, or you've got a lot of kids and you need to make them your priority, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You need to take time for you and, and it's never too late to get help if you need absolutely. help. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And, uh, if you want to uh, schedule with Larry, you absolutely can. He's in our Galleria office. Um, you can give us a call 214-530-0021. You can always hit us up on the electronic mail, uh, info at Taylor counseling group com. It's a long one, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, of course, if you uh, just want to make an appointment with any of our therapists, you're definitely welcome to do that as well. And we are now in Houston and San Antonio, so we're very excited about that. Uh, and then um, if you are looking for some help uh, or know somebody that is, uh, please you know, give us a call. If you are in a, a crisis, uh, please call 911 or one of the emergency lines we have listed in our show notes. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Larry, for being here. On the podcast, we really appreciate having you. And, um, Thank you, Chris. And you have a great day, my friend. All right, you too. What an amazing interview that was. Thank you again so much, Larry, for being on the show. I don't really have much more to add to that uh, wonderful discussion. Normally we do a quote at the end, but I don't, I don't know that that really warrants it, nor does Henry. So... Um, Really, I just want to say that sometimes we all experience pain, and sometimes life's hard, and sometimes it's beautiful, uh, like watching my son play on this activity mat and be excited to look at himself in the mirror and and play with his toy, and sometimes life is mean, and it takes our children uh, or our parents, and that's just not an easy thing for any of us to deal with. Um, but you don't have to deal with it alone. Uh, pain and death visit us all. Let's just reach out, help each other. Until then, uh, thanks so much for being on the, uh, listening to the show today. I'll see you next week with our wrap up episode. Uh, but until then, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And Uh, This is for self-examination. Remember, you're right where you're supposed to be.